This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our new podcast called The Knockout that's sponsored by a Bulldog Radio that's ran through. I'm here with myself, Travis, Austin, and Nick. How are you guys doing tonight? What up, what up? I'm feeling good. How about yourself, Travis? Pretty good, pretty good. Doing pretty good here. Just a little cold, you know, but we, doing good. We are three-fourths. We are missing uh, Dre. He's um, under the weather, but he will be back on next week. Dre, uh, get better soon. And on today's show, we're going to cover um, Fair State Sports, the NFC uh, Conference uh, recap, AFC Conference recap, Early Super Bowl preview, Tom Brady's retirement, NBA and NHL standings, a little bit of college basketball, and must games uh, to watch. And, boys, we can tap right into it. So, Fair State Sports Report, we beat uh, Bowling Green 2-1 to one on Saturday. Marsh, Marshall, I mean, that was a heroic play to win uh, an overtime like that to hit the game-winning hit. Also, I know we were um, working it. I got a chance to interview him after the game. He was just saying it was huge for the 10th win of the season because even though they're 10-18, most of their games, it's like, we could have won. We could be way better. We could have eight more wins. We've just choked leads, and they're being real about it. So it was really cool to see that um, that happen. And uh, as far as Fair State basketball, boys are 16-3, and three and the girls are 14-6. and six. They host Davenport University tomorrow, and they also play Grand Valley Arch Rival on Saturday. I think those are two interesting games. I think uh, it's going to be a huge game for Walt Kelser and Lee as far as on the men's side for the Davenport game and Grand Valley. I think those games are going to be um, huge. I also want to get uh, your guys' opinion on uh, the Fair State uh, basketball games upcoming tomorrow and Saturday. I think they're going to be huge. I mean, they're huge ones. Uh, two close schools, two rivals, I would say. Davenport, you know, go out and get the dub. And then GV, go out and beat them again like we just did at their home court uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I think basketball, it would be two big games right now coming up here. I think they can pull it off here. They look well. I do want to go back to the hockey. There's hockey games this past weekend were really mm-hmm. good games. I know the first one there, we kind of lost it on Friday night's game. And that game, it was, and I think that game was a good indication of, hey, th- this is the area we kind of got to fix here because, you know, first period we kind of we kind of gave away two goals there. One was more of like a fluke kind of goal. I think we all, I think we can agree on that scene. Yeah, there. I agree. And then the second period came in, and man, I mean, the Bulldogs are caught. I mean, they scored three unanswered. It looked like a heck of a game. I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, and of course, and you know, I said it last week on uh, MVSP's podcast, which if you guys haven't seen that yet, go check that out. But I mean. They choked away that third period. You know, they gave up another two goals, and I, I, am almost speechless now to the point. Like, how do you give away these type of leads? Like, you, you get up on them, and it's like just gotta hold out. You just you gotta hold on tight to these. No, I definitely agree. Like when I do the post game with Daniels, I'm like, bro, I just hope he doesn't hit me up because I don't want to ask like no dumb question because it's like. We got it. Like, we're in every game. It's not like mm-hmm. last year, they're just getting cooked, like, just smacked around, like, the entire time, like, getting beat. And they know what it was. But, like, now, like, we're more competitive. Like, come on, like, firepower. Let's fight back. Like, if someone hits you, you're going to want to hit back. Right. Like, you know, and- unless, you know, you want to be a wimp or something. But, uh, no, I think, like, Saturday was a great, like, spawn back. And I think this week, since they don't have any games, they're going to use that to get guys healthy. And um, I think the team overall is way better than last year. But Saturday was a key win at home. A lot of their wins have been on the road. And a lot of the home fans, we just see them, like, choke away leads. And we're like, oh, you know, we're, we're just using this money to see us lose. But now we're starting to come back. And to hop back on basketball side of things, 
I'm very excited for the GV game, guys. I think not to look over Davenport because they are a great opponent, like you were mm-hmm. saying, Nick. But GV is just something about our travel right now for the boys. We're 11 and 0 in Gleak play. Yeah. Like Walt's been very good. Lee, Dorian, Logan, Ryan, Ben off the bench. Jimmy's um top five right now in the Gleak and assist, so he's been hooping. I'm very like very excited for the games um this weekend. I think it's going to be good. Hopefully the girls can also get the win as well. And now we can hop in uh, to the NFL, the NFC conference recap uh, for the first game. Boys, Matthew Stafford is making his first Super Bowl his first year out of Detroit. This is crazy. He's acting like he – I mean, it's clearly we just have the worst franchise of all time. But um, they come back uh, over the um, 49ers uh, to beat them 20-17, to making a 17-3 to deficit, that 17-point comeback. Matthew Stafford was amazing. Um, boys, your thoughts on the game? Honestly, it shows the Rams can fight back. That was the big thing is uh, in the last two matches with the 49ers, the 49ers came back and won. Um, you know, watching the game, seeing how Stafford was getting nailed at the start there, you know, he's limping around the field and that, you know. I heard the broadcasters, Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck, talking about, you know, is he healthy or not? And he just came out and proved that he is that guy you know something he said to a reporter when he went to LA is he wants to play in these big games that have meaning behind it and nobody really knew because of the time in Detroit what he could do in those big games and he's really proven it obviously this past weekend and the weekend before against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers you know um Odell was had a killer game Cooper Cup is just they're killing it right now everything's clicking it seems like um, their defense is clicking. Everything's clicking for the Rams right now, and that's a good sign going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was a heck of a game this past weekend. You know, it was in the beginning. It was a very slow start with the Rams and 49ers. Both defense making heck hell of a stops there on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think the really big play came in with that uh, with Odell started off. You know, yeah. I think that kind of got guys going. I think right there you kind of got an idea. Like, okay, here's who Stafford's gonna go to now for this game. Here's his target. Here's Here's his guy he's going go to. Well, that's what's dangerous about the Rams. They have Odell on Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, for some odd reason, say Cup, you know, is a slow start or something like that, they can turn to Odell. You know, it's like one or two. They're both not going to be cold. It's like it's like looking at the Warriors, Clay and Staff. You never see them both go cold one night. You know, so yeah. that's why that makes it dangerous. And with the arm like Stafford, you know, both them, both the receivers are amazing. So that's why they're, they're huge. I mean, yeah, that definitely opened up for Cup. I mean, Cup had 118 uh, receiving yards with only seven receptions. I mean, that right there opened up a lot. Yeah, I mean, that that game was crazy. And, like, you know, you guys are talking about Cup and Odell. Imagine if they had Robert Woods, you know, if he didn't tear his ACL back Jeez. in November. I love how Cooper Cup shouted him out uh, after the game saying they wouldn't be here without him. So Stafford definitely has weapons. A lot of people are saying, like, I see a lot of people in the media. One of my mentors, Rob Parker, I love him. But saying, like, oh, he has a stacked team. so it was supposed to happen. But – I think, like, Stafford, like, I mean, he deserves this opportunity. He's been doing – he's been killing every narrative. Like, the whole thing was he can't win a big game, and he does. He he destroys Kyler Murray, you know, in the first game. Then he beats the GOAT um, in Tom Brady's house. Then now he wins the NFC uh, title against – the 49ers still have one of the best defenses. And Debo Samuel, I mean, this man – I feel bad that Jimmy G is his quarterback. I mean, Jimmy G is terrible. (laughs) Like, he is so bad. Like – Jimmy G wins. I give him that. Like people want to give him props for winning, but he just is not a great quarterback. The throws he were missing, literally, the Rams didn't have that great of a game. They could have easily won that game. You know, the Rams didn't turn around till that fourth quarter. So, I think it's a composure of what Stafford also want to point out. Stafford has the most comeback wins now since getting drafted in two thousand nine. Definition of clutch. And this is a huge take. 
But if Stafford wins the Super Bowl, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I might put him over Aaron Rodgers. That's just me personally. Wow. He doesn't have the MVPs like Rodgers and stuff, but Rodgers has had a decade where he could have easily made him and Brady an actual debate, and he only has one ring. Since Aaron Rodgers' first ring, he's 7-9 and nine in the playoffs. He's only 11-10 and 10 overall. Stafford, with an actual team now, he's 3-0 and 0 in the playoffs. Like, if you, like, I'm just saying, like, Stafford actually has people around him and who knows if the Rams win it this year? It could be a dynasty. Stafford's only thirty-three. He still, to me, has at least seven, eight more years. Well, I just want to quick go back to that one uh, comment I made there. It was actually Cooper. It was Cup that made that uh, touchdown pass in the second quarter. But back to your point with Stafford, I mean, yeah, I mean, he played a hell of a game and all that. But I think there was a lot of times where he almost threw the game away. And I think the big play that we all can see here and we saw was that should have been picked by Tarf there. Yeah, that should have been a pick. And if that was intercepted, I think that's a whole new game. I well, mean, it gets the players back into it. Well, it seals the game because the Rams, you know, they lost all their timeouts because uh, McVay won the challenge that uh, fourth and one stop, which clearly watching the game, you knew he got the first down. But once they blow all their timeout, three timeouts in the third quarter, you know, uh, I believe it was around like two minutes left in the game, they could just run mm-hmm. out the clock because the Rams aren't going to stop them. If they get a first down, guess what? Just kneel out the ball. Guess what? The 49ers are going to Super Bowl to play the Bengals. Whole different ball game. But with Tarp dropping that, that's huge. And uh, I'm very True. intrigued on how he responds to that, and, like just even next year, because like I mean that's gonna be the narrative. That's gonna be a meme. Like you just blew it for the 49ers. Simple as that. You had the you had the championship in your hands and you dropped it. That's the play we're gonna remember there for. Our, that's the one play we're always gonna remember is what ifs. And I mean I, that's the I think you can kind of say with both Stafford and Jimmy G. I'm not trying to compare the two. Stafford is millions times better than Jimmy G. Yeah. Jimmy G. Don't get me wrong, 100%. but he. He always there's at least one or two throws where he's going to give you the opportunity to pick it off, mm-hmm. and it's like and going True. to a big game coming up in the Super Bowl, it's like, is he? Uh, can he you know reduce that? Can he make more smarter decisions? And can he you know, can he keep can he keep his team in these ball games and not give, I, you know, this, give the, give the Bengals here we're going to talk about here an opportunity to come back? I think he can because like this might sound weird. The listeners might not. My thing what I'm about to say is, uh, makes no sense, but it really does. Like, if Stafford was playing the Chiefs, I think it would be no way he wins this game because the Super Bowl experience the Chiefs have from the last two years, winning one and obviously losing last year to Buccaneers. This Bengals team is still an experience. Yes, they've made three great uh, playoff wins, so we'll get into the Bengals and Chiefs game. But Stafford, the main reason, yes, he does choke sometimes, but there's someone who's actually chokes more, and he's a head coach, and that's Kyle Shanahan. Boys, in his last, I believe, last three or four meaningful um, – conference championship or Super Bowl games, he's been outscored in the fourth quarter 53 to nothing. Like, he – like, you almost have to do that on purpose. That's like literally giving away your playbook or, like, literally, you know – like, Kyle Shannon, I I don't understand how someone chokes that bad. Well, like, look at his play calling in the first three quarters. It was amazing. It was like, oh, wow. You know, he's actually actually putting pretty good, you know, give it to your playmakers. Debo Samuel's making plays, all this. Jimmy G actually had a phenomenal game compared to what he had in Green Bay, which I thought was going to be just a recap. Yeah. But then in the fourth quarter came around, it was like, what? Who? What? He just start asking Madden for plays and that. You know, he didn't he didn't like he didn't like think of like he couldn't think of anything better to do. You know, like you have to change it. And that's what you saw in the Rams. But going back to the Rams though, Stafford the wide receiving court dropped a couple of TD 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 passes Stafford could have had earlier True. too. And that was huge too. You know, there's there's a lot of mistakes you could point out what ifs in that game. You know what ifs was uh very key into that game I would say. Oh yeah definitely because like when you look at it like 
there were a lot of different plays that could have gone um, either way. And Stafford, one thing I got to give you guys that we had we watched him for 13, 12 years, excuse me, in um, Detroit where he did give a lot of games away. And people are wondering, can he do it? Because he does like a lot of the sidearm. Sometimes I'm like, it's BS like Stafford. Just like throw the regular pass. But <laughs> it does like look cool, you know, you know, for top 10. But one thing I would say about this, Stafford is starting to get his recognition. Like some of the plays we see Mahomes where ESPN goes, oh, my God, Mahomes, Mahomes. Or they just tweet some like BS about him. It's like Stafford makes the same plays, and we watched it. And I think um, now with people around him, he's getting it. But one thing, too, I think was helping Stafford now, when Stafford has these subpar games like you guys made it, he has a defense to back him up. The fact that he has Aaron Donald, who's made seven, straight all first uh, defensive teams for a Pro Bowl, which is actually a record um, second most all time. Like, it's kind of nice knowing, like, you know, damn, if I don't get that many touchdowns, I got Aaron Donald, you know, that can get stops and Von Miller and a lot of other uh, beasts on defense. But if he pulls this off and can get the uh, win, I think one thing I got to give Stafford to, he's already killed the narrative of winning big games. Yes, yeah. he's won a lot of games, and Stafford's more like a fantasy quarterback, I can't lie, because he, he puts up stats like, you know, like people, but I think he's starting, and if he can cap off of a Super Bowl, we can see a big payday as well for Stafford. Well, see, so Stafford, what I what I like what Troy Aikman was saying, I don't agree with Troy Aikman. I don't like him calling games, to be honest with you, because just, I just don't like him. Uh, he made a good point. Stafford obviously throws picks, but he's a gunslinger. And who is a Hall of Fame gunslinger quarterback? Brett Favre, and really? he could win games. He just he's that he has that gunslinger mentality. Yeah, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna throw it. And you know what? Those two arms are one of a kind. Those two guys can put balls where most people can't put balls. Oh, you no, know, no. obviously, like you know, ESPN was riding Patrick Mahomes doing sidearm and all that. No look, but Stafford been doing that since '09 in Detroit. Really? And the only reason why he was getting recognition is because it wasn't big games. It wasn't on Monday Night Football. It was in Detroit. And I feel like now with, you know, like Travis was saying, being in these big games, playing in a big market in L.A., you know, people are more watching. Because these two, these two AFC and NFC games had big viewerships, almost 50 million each. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. so a lot of people eyes on him, and now everybody's like, oh, Stafford, Stafford's a baller. But, like, everybody in the Midwest has been like, oh, yeah, we already knew Stafford's been yeah. a baller. You know, he just has that win mentality. And I really uh, – it was a good game by the uh, 49ers. Don't get me wrong, 49ers did put up a good fight. Oh, yeah, definitely. They just, I, they just kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. That's how I took it. I mean, they're up by 10, man. They they had the lead. I mean, well, by 14, it was 17 to 3. Yeah. And how, how, do, you, how do you not score a single point in the fourth quarter? Why do you let the Rams score 13 unanswered? That's what I don't get. We got another similar case here coming up here with the AFC Championship game here. Yeah, I mean, um, we're going to get to the AFC uh, Championship in a minute. The last point I want to point about uh the nfc title game one thing i love about stafford he got that detroit fan i'm sure you guys seen uh the video of the uh, dude in the lions jersey going crazy of him beating tom brady stafford sent him a signed jersey and got him a uh, tickets to go to the rams game stafford you're a real one for that and also good luck in the super bowl now we can transition to the afc title game boys i was all wrong if you listen to the MV- <laughs> mvsp podcast i said by three scores i was on my skip bayless tip i definitely got that completely wrong um shout out to the Bengals. they won 27 24 in overtime joe burrow joe shiesty i mean he uh ice in his veins man like ice per- in his veins. you know i'll get props austin did call it austin was the only thank one you, that called you. the uh, Bengals winning i said it would be a close game so i was technically wrong but technically right i didn't say yeah. it was a close game um but, yeah, Bengals just came out and kind of shocked everybody. You know, they started yeah. off slow. Obviously, Kansas City has that fast-paced offense they do have with Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey, all of them, right? But another big, big, like we were talking about with the interception in the NFC, right before halftime, 
why would you not take your easy three points exactly. then, and go for a touchdown? Oh, that changes I, the game. That changed the whole game. You wouldn't be going to overtime. It would be 27 to 24. And, right. you know, it just changed the whole outcome of the game. I just didn't get that by Andy Reid. And you know what? Andy Reid has been known for his questionable calls. I've never, like, understood why everybody thinks Andy Reid's a great coach when really his resume stinks. It stinks. Uh, man, that was a hell of a game. I'm going to put it out there. That was – I mean, geez, Joe Brr was going crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy sum, this weekend. I had I had to get in a little bit, you know. But, I mean, I mean, go off the next point. I mean, they started off really slow in that game. And, like, I – Kind of thought I'm like I'm with your prediction from last week mm-hmm. when I'm, on that podcast. I'm like, you know what? They the Chiefs might beat them by three touchdowns here. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes went for 13 for 14 for 154 yards with three touchdowns. It's like I was like, all right, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that big stop on the big goal line stop right there was a huge momentum shifter. And I think you can just see in the defense eyes and then the offense, and that carried on into the second half where. I mean, that defense, I mean, they shut down. I mean, they shut down, like, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek had 78 yards receivers in the first half. The second half, zero. He was shut down completely. And that is true. Like, um, one thing I got to say, even though I do like Mahomes, they have to stop the Tom Brady comparisons. Nick Wright and all these other media members, stop. Like, this this choke reminded me of the 2016 Warriors in a way. It was like you're up 21-3. to three. You have them down. It's like you're beating up somebody. You just, and you just walk away, start celebrating with your friends, and you just get jumped. You know what I'm just saying? It's like how, do you let, like, how do you let that happen? It's like it's not over. Like, when that entire game was going around, I just kept thinking of the Nick Young meme where he shot the three, then turned around, and, like, it didn't go in. I'm like, dude, but I got to give respect to the Bengals, like, Joe Burrow is the truth. Like, his composure kind of reminds me of Brady. Not saying he's like Brady, but, like, Joe Burrow might be only 24 or 25, but he acts like he's been there for 10 years. Like, he – that comeback was amazing. The, the Chiefs, like, Mahomes got too big-headed. That play that Nick was talking about before the half, that was Mahomes' idea to Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. He said, like, no, let me get this touchdown. Andy Reid is too naive to tell his superstar quarterback, no, let's just get the three points to go up and the half 24. It would have been 24 to 10. It's like, dude, you can't like you gotta think logically and the fact to blow a twenty one to three lead at Arrowhead, it really should be called Burrowhead now. I but tell like, you what though, that's that's that I mean, I'm a Brady guy too, but that's a Brady moment a little bit from Burrow though. You can't get me wrong with twenty one to three, I mean, coming back from that, that's really impressive. I thought, especially for a young, young guy like him, man. I mean, I don't know what Mahomes was thinking on that play. I mean, take your take your points, guys. I mean, you, you gotta take your points well, in that kind of possession, that kind of momentum, especially in a big game like that. You don't chance it. You get your points wherever you can. I mean, and the Bengals took full advantage of that. They took full advantage of momentum, and you saw with the team. I mean, and the Chiefs, I, I don't know what happened to that, but they just looked dead afterwards because they went with the next three possessions in the second half. They got shut out completely. Well, going back to Travis, how, you know, it was all Patrick Holmes and Andy Reid. Well, Andy Reid had the issue in Philly because he had mm. McNabb, which McNabb controlled that franchise, and then when, even when T.O. was there. You know, T.O. was stunting – Doing stupid stuff, you know. I remember him getting kicked off from out of practice and was had a media storm at his house. You know, that's that's going back to what I was saying about Andy Reid not being like the coach that everybody thinks he's like the greatest. You know, whatever yeah. this that. I don't think he's that good. You know, um, I only think he's good is because of the team that he has. You know, Patrick Mahomes is one of a kind. Tyreek Hill has speed, one of a kind. Travis Kelsey is I don't even know what makes him good <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, but going going talking about Joe Burrow, he can be the first quarterback to hit a triple crown in a long time because there's only been two quarterbacks to win the Heisman, national title, and 
and uh, Super Bowl, which shocks me. Honestly, shocks me. Right? He might join the list of Joe Nath and Joe Montana. That would be impressive. That that's a pretty good list to put. And hey, what's up with the Joe part though? Joe Nath, Joe yeah, Montana, Joe. and Joe Burrow. Is that you know? Is that I a mean, thing? He got that swagger though, man. He got the swagger going he a little bit. I like it. But does that guy shock you though? That it's only been two other quarterbacks to win the Heisman, national title, and a Super Bowl. That th- shocks me. I think it does, but one trend I'm starting to see in the NFL, a lot of the great quarterbacks are drafted later rounds. Like Aaron Rodgers was a walk-on, you know, um, at a Juco. Then he obviously went to Cal, then uh, came in the league, then Brady won 99. So it does kind of shock me because some guys like growing up, well, I thought Tim Tebow was going to be sweet. I remember um, Sam uh, I, I'm blanking on the one guy uh, from another guy from Oklahoma, but there are other guys that I thought like the same thing about. But it's crazy because we look at Trevor Lawrence, the other number one pick, and he's he's been terrible. Like yeah, you know. But so like I was talking on the podcast last week, the MVSP shout them out on Spotify. Um, you know, Peyton Manning had a t- Peyton Manning holds the record for most interceptions by rookies. Fresh his uh, first year in the league. Yeah. Yep. You know, look what he ended up. He, look what he ended up doing. You know, yeah. he became a first ballot Hall of Famer and all this stuff. So it's not out for Warren's yet. I don't think it's uh, Jacksonville. But going back to the AFC Championship game, what you know what started the you know what kick started the Bengals offense was Joe Mixon. He started running hard. Oh, they had to get that run game going. Uh, you know, I was questioning the O line. The O line was terrible. I'm not gonna lie throughout it, and we even saw it on the screenplay. You know, uh, <laughs> there was a screenplay in the game. I don't know if it was the offense line or it was. It, it was. It was, it was the third quarter. It was, it was third a third quarter. quarter. I don't know if it was the offense line fault or if it was the running backs fault, but they went completely different options. And the screenplay, <laughs> I remember watching the game. I'm like, why is there no blocking? Because there was just like five Chiefs players around the <laughs> running back right when he caught it, and then they show a high, you know, clip, and it's like offense line went right. Running back went left. So True. Y- you can't have that though going in the Super Bowl. You can't. Oh, not at all. Because Aaron Donald's right there. And Aaron Donald will let you up. Von Miller will let you up, you know, and the stuff like that. You just can't have that. That's why there was mistakes on both sides. And I think that's where you see there, too, how how great Burroughs is right there. I mean, he overcame all of that with, with that terrible offensive line. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I'll say it. I mean, it was awful. I mean, especially with the Super Bowl coming up here, it's like they got to get that straightened out here a little bit. Oh. I mean, you cannot have that against a team like the Rams who are known to get to the quarterback. Oh, I'm, I don't I don't know. I Don might have a field day, <laughs> or Von Miller might have a field day, because you know they're gonna have to double team one of them. Can't yeah. double team both of them, I and mean, with the offensive line, that's yeah. hey, you might get a bro a little uh, high step in there. You know, oh, he, he, and if he was big runs there, <laughs> no, he his swag definitely. Um, I love <laughs> watching Burrow play; like he's just exciting. Like yeah. that comeback is incredible. And the crazy thing was, like going to the game, a lot of people kept saying. Mahomes is a quarterback of the AFC for the future. A lot of these guys are competing for second. Burrow's like, okay. Like, enough of <laughs> Burrow's like, we don't want to see Jackson Mahomes TikTok, so I got to do this for America. I, we appreciate you, Burrow, for that. But, um, no, that was a great comeback. Then overtime, Mahomes just blew it all around. Like, I hate to put the blame on him, but he just – it was an all-time choke job because, like, just one more point I want to say is, like, in overtime, you win the coin toss. When you win the coin toss, that should be game. Like, all you have to do is drive down and get a touchdown. He threw three errant passes that led to the interception. Well, going to overtime thing, 10-1 and one is the record for people getting a coin toss first and winning. They're 10-1. and one. Now it's 10-2 because of the Chiefs. But before overtime, what was Patrick Mahomes doing on the goal line? When he sat back there, they gave they I think they rushed three pass rushes, right? Yeah. Gives him time in the world. He sits back there, and then, like, uh, the um, – QB spy they had comes running at him. 
why isn't he throwing in the back of the end zone? I know you have arm. Throw it away. And then he starts running around and fumbles the ball and almost, you know, loses the game right there where they wouldn't been able to tie the game right before overtime. I just don't, like, I don't know if he, like, just, like, what happened? What happened to, like, he just completely became a different quarterback right at the end there and then into overtime. Because, like you were saying, he was just throwing stuff up. He wasn't throwing the ball. You know, you can go back and look at the highlights, and you could see Travis Kelsey kind of sitting in the corner of the end zone. He could have threw up a jump ball, and Travis Kelsey is known for catching jump balls. He could have came down with it, and that would have won the game. They wouldn't have to kick the field goal to go overtime. I it just it just I mean, but that me. Bengals defensive line was getting to him, man. They, they, were, they got they two were. sacks back to back, and they they, were. They, they had the pressure coming to him. They were. And man, the biggest thing too, I mean, going along with that overtime, it was I think it played a factor too with the Bengals shutting down Tyreek, and I think that's a big thing of the Chiefs' offense. It's either you get that Tyreek and Kelsey combo, and if one of them isn't clicking, I mean, how I've seen it, I mean. They were kind of exposed. I mean, their whole game plan is kind of that high and low thing. I mean, you got Tyreek over the top with the speed, and you got that kind of mid, mid-range mid short throws for Kelsey. And once you take that Tyreek away, all you got to do is like, okay, I'm just going to stay back. I'm gonna, You could get your little yards True. here and there. And, I, and the Bengals, how confident they were and how well they were playing the second half, they knew, like, hey, we can get the stop here. We can get the ball back to our quarterback, who we know and trust that we can get this win. Well, like they always say, Whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game, and the Bengals won the turnover battle. You know, Burrow only threw one interception. There was no fumbles on the Cincinnati side when Mahomes threw two interceptions. Obviously, one was batted away and just right. became a pick at the end there in overtime, which was huge. But, you know, Mahomes fumbled it at the very end, but recovered it, luckily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Creed Humphrey also fumbled, too. You know, it's it's that's that's huge. You can't you can't be putting on the ball on the ground in those situations. You can't be. It's well, simple as that. Yeah, you can't. Like in a situation like that, Mahomes was just too careless to put it in a situation because like you threw two picks and you guys were talking a lot about uh, Tyree Kill and uh, Travis Kelsey. He also has Nikhil Hartman. You yeah. know, he has a lot of different we- weapons. You know, and the fact he just lost to Joe Burrow like that when he's mainly just throwing to Jamar Chase, who's getting doubled and triple team. It's like Joe Burrow did more with less and like Mahomes. I never seen him get shut out like that in a second half. He didn't even get one touchdown. Like only time I seen that was the Super Bowl with Buccaneers yep. last year. That's the only time, and <clears throat> that's when the KC offense was banged up because they both lost their both tackles, and that's why the Bucks were able to get pressure. And you know, and, I, and that's where I kind of started seeing that same type of defense toward that second half. You can kind of saw how Bengals were playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, okay, this looks a little familiar. I think we've all seen that before. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, they were. It wasn't impressive before as the Bengals. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, they have a great receiving core too. But oh. Chasey, I mean, oh my, that that kid's a future dude. This I league. mean, Chase was kind of being shut down in the first half, and then honestly, who stepped up big was T Higgins, oh, finishing yeah. with six receptions from 103 yards, just huge. He. Burrow kept on going with him at the very end. You know, little, I remember a little slant play. He just needed eight yards to pick up a first down in overtime. And next, you know, fires a rifle right to T. Higgins, catches, bang, first down. You know, all right, let's run the ball. Let's kick a field goal. Let's get out of here and go to the Super Bowl. You know, because they, they were, they you know, uh, Tyron Matthew had a huge, huge, huge impact of covering yeah. over the top of Chase. You know, you could go back and they constantly had somebody over top for Chase because they were nervous. And that opened a lot of spots for, you know, T. Higgins and that. And one thing I'm very, very interested to see is Joe Mixon's a big part of that backfield. Having three receptions for 27 yards. Yeah. They might have to keep him in the block because if they're going to double team Donald and they might have to have at least him chip block somebody and then go out for a route. So he might not be able to just run around like he was able to do on Sunday. So that's good. I think that's going to have a huge factor in the game. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I think it, it definitely does. And, I mean, 
I mean, I think you, you kind of saw that towards the end of the second half, and especially in the overtime with Mixon going off, and that was due with Kate, with Chase, with Chase, and the other and the rest of the receiving core, you know, give, creating that opening, forcing Chiefs to kind of back off and look and try to defend the pass. And I mean, I mean that overtime Mixon was just running wild, dude, in that overtime. Yeah. I mean, right, right, really? when I saw that, I was like, okay, this this game, <laughs> this game's <laughs> out of here. Yeah. You know what's a crazy thing too is I kind of want to bring up. Do you know Burrow? Bro, and our great friend Tom Brady, the only two quarterbacks who've actually beaten uh, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes in the playoffs. playoffs. That's crazy. <clears throat> and also the only two quarterbacks, well, um, to be – well, actually two of four quarterbacks now to make it to the Super Bowl in their second year. So, like, that is crazy. But Burrow, like, that game, like, every time I look at it – because sometimes football is, is different than basketball. It's not, like, always a better team wins. Like, Nick, you made a good point about the turnover battle. Like, in the NBA or NHL, you get a best of seven. So, it's like you can have a bad, like, game or two games and come back, potentially three. I've seen people come back from 0-3. But in football, it's really – you can't even have a bad half. And Burrow, one thing I give him consistency about, um, even though his numbers aren't always the greatest, he's really keeping the unit together and they're keeping that energy like they can do it because um, – a lot of people didn't think they would – you know, when they lost a coin toss, Burrow even said after the game, you know, we thought it was over. Yeah. Then, like, they got the ball back. And another thing, too, I want to add, the overtime rules should not be changed. All you have to do is play defense. If you stop them from getting <laughs> exactly. a touchdown, then that's good. The field goal, I agree, that's, that's kind of BS. But yeah. the touchdown, like, come on. Like, so I, I had to add that part in. My, uh, my thing, though, too, with Burrow, going off how you guys say he kind of looks like Tom Brady in that situation, <laughs> you know how he doesn't show emotion? Who was a really great, great athlete that was clutch, that never showed emotion? Kobe Bryant. True. You know, he never showed emotion. He was kind of always that stone-cold look on his face. And you can look throughout the second half. Burrow wasn't, like, excited, jumped around, all this stuff. He was like, all right, we're doing this. We're kind of, you know, that swagger, like, okay, this is us. We're doing this, you know. That's the fuck. You know, the media was doubting me. The books were, you know, they were plus seven you know, underdogs and all that stuff. So, like, Burrow has that swagger. He just has that swagger, and I feel like that's why America has fallen in love with him. You know, let's be real here. Every A lot of people, a lot of people won the Bengals win just because, you know, of off-the-field issues with Kansas City. Shout yeah. out shout out Patrick Holmes' fiance and brother. You know who also has a lot of swagger, man? That kicker, man. Evan McPherson. Ooh, oh, my dude. Lord. Talk about swagger. He's dangerous. My that, man calls his shot. He calls game. And that, 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 now, for me, that's some Kobe. That's some Kobe S right there, being able to call your shot. Yeah, he does. Like I definitely got to um, agree with it. And uh, the crazy thing about it, every time like when he kicks the game-winning field goal, I like how he walks up with Joe Burrow. They're like, we got this. You know, it's like, you know, I just think that stuff is pretty cool. And one thing about uh, Joe Burrow – and him, like, the conference they have this early kind of reminds me of a Brady and Adam Vinatieri. If you guys remember, when Brady got his first three rings, Adam Vinatieri hit three game-winning field goals that Brady helped him set up. So so our next topic is going to be my boy, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Tom Brady is finally retiring from football after 22 amazing season, fellas. I think the most accomplished player definitely in the history of football, arguably the most accomplished accomplished athlete of all time seven-time Super Bowl champion five-time Super Bowl MVP three-time MVP also one of the only two players to win unanimous MVP he has all the records most passing yards ever most touchdown passes you know he he's a you know an amazing guy I think I don't think we'll ever see a player like Tom Brady again ever I think he's the greatest of all time and boys your thoughts on his uh, retirement man I mean greatest of all time I mean there's not, there's not else you can really say for this man. I mean, he achieved everything. I mean, seven-time Super Bowl champ. I mean, 15-time Pro Bowler. 
I mean, think about this. He's been in the league for 22 seasons, man, and he's been to 10 Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's insane. That's insane for a guy in his stature. And the current power by with his playoff records, it's like he won 33 He, he won thirty three postseason games, 86 passing touchdowns, and 13,049 passing yards in the, just in the postseason. I mean, that's probably that's more than some of these teams you've ever been in, <laughs> let alone the Lions, who I, they never even seen the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, no, go back to Brady, man. He – I mean, I grew up watching this guy. I mean, this guy, he's the one that got me into football. He's the one that got me inspired to, you know, watch it, to play it, and to, you know, be able to do those podcasts and report about it. And, I mean, I'm going to say this. There's, there's not going to be another guy like Brady again in this no. league. There's never oh, going to be never, someone like Brady never. again. The amount of the stats he put up and the achievements, he, the achievements he's made, it's just like he's so much farther than all of his competitors. It's just, it's, it's just insane. I'm, like, I'm speechless for it. Well, what I what I would like to say is like truly wasn't a big fan of Brady growing up compared to you guys, you know, saying you all know, watched Brady and inspired me to do this. Really growing up, obviously being you know typical NFL fan, it seemed like not everybody loved Brady because he was on New England. Because New England's like that team, it's like the New York, New York Yankees, right? Yeah. They're the winners. You don't cheer for the winners all the time unless you're from that area, you know. But it really was super that Super Bowl he beat the uh, the. Uh, the Malcolm Butler interception. Oh, the Bowl. Seahawks. The Seahawks Super Bowl. That really like was like, okay, I'm never gonna see anything this in my lifetime. I'm gonna enjoy it, you know. And that's when I was like, you know what? I hope he wins ten. I hope he wins it all, you know, like because it was yeah. like, you know what? I know my franchise and Lions aren't gonna do anything <laughs> during this time. So I want Brady to just you know go out, you know, go out and just throw the ball, go win as many. I honestly was tell I was telling people I hope he wins ten before he retires <laughs> you know and it's like similar things to like kobe and lebron you know people you know always do not like them in their career and then you get to the point where it's like man i'm never gonna see anything like this you know and going to 10 super bowls you know being in 15 pro bowls winning super bowl mvp five times that's crazy that's more than some teams <laughs> combined you know like he has a he ties a record no, he broke the record by himself with Tampa Bay last year of having the most Super Bowls. Yep. Yeah, he has more Super, Super Bowls than 32 franchises. Because it was Pittsburgh and New Dallas and New England that all are tied at six now. And, and it's just he, one guy. And one guy. And he beat out 32 other franchises. Like, that's just so crazy to me. And, like, I think a big thing was the health. How he kept up his body, you know. Everybody right. kind of laughed at his diet, you know, the avocado ice cream, mm -hmm. all this stuff, right? But that was key because, you know, comparing him to Big Ben, look at Big Ben at the end of the career and look at Tom Brady. Who kept in better shape than that? Who kept all this stuff? So, no, definitely Tom Brady. Shouts out to him, you know, being from Michigan and all that. Oh, yeah. he, he's just something else, you know. He – you can't even put in the words sometimes. You know, there's hands down – Nobody will be like him. And people saying that Pat Holmes is the next time ready, they're so wrong. They're yeah, so wrong. Because, like, Nick, I completely agree with everything you just said. And plus, like, no one's going to do what he did. He also, by his Super Bowl winnings, he became the youngest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl, and he became the oldest quarterback to ever win. Yep. And the difference from he won it in February 2002, February 2021. So, like – Brady's just a goat in the, talking about him finishing his last season, led the league in passing touchdowns and passing yards. Brady's the greatest of all time. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit biased cuz he's always been my favorite player, but I love winners and he's the Mike well, I can't even say the Michael Jordan. He's the Tom Brady of his own. <laughs> right. Cuz like, like he, you know, is just that great and people are going to be trying to catch him for a while, but I just don't see no cuz he really could have kept playing. I feel like Gazelle, you know, his wife wanted him to probably come home and stop playing, but uh I feel it, you know. 
One thing I, I did like about Brady, uh, he was on a podcast about a week ago saying he was good friends with Kobe Bryant, and when he saw the sad tragedy what happened to him, he was like, I can't play forever. I got to, you know, start spending time with my family, thinking about going to my son's games, my girl, my daughter. So I was like, I respect that. I respect that. Well, man, going on top of back what you're saying, man, yeah, he holds the right foot, passing yards, passing touchdowns, completions. It's insane. And I feel like he might even be adding on to his you know, resume a little bit here. I think he might have a I mean, good chance to winning this year's MVP. I mean, you look at his stat line, he's 44 and has 43 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions for a 44-year-old quarterback. Yeah, I remember watching Brett Favre at the end of his Taylor career. Obviously, it's different just because how Brett Favre in the NFL was playing back then. Yeah. But he was terrible when he got into his 40s. You know, when this guy's out here balling, slinging the rock better than 20-year-olds. He looks you know? like he's 24 again. It's Exactly. It was like when he left New England, it was like a whole new, like, rejuvenation. Yeah. I think it was more like maybe he just needed a new environment, you know, kind of to get it, the flow back in that. Because, you know, at the end of New England, it kind of was like, okay, you know, Tom Brady, all this stuff. But then when he went down to Tampa, he just started to sling the rock, and we're like, wow, you know, throwing up 40 – 40 passing touchdowns a year, like what for what 43 and 44 old could do that and not be hurting, you know? Right. It's just it's just right. shocking to me. It's just shocking. But yeah, back to what you're saying, Travis, about the whole mentality. I mean, that goes back again with Brady. I mean, trust me, a lot of guys are competitive guys, have that great mentality that we say Mamba mentality. But man, I think we gotta start calling that Brady mentality or Cycle Tom. We all like to hear Cycle Tom. I mean, he did. I mean, I went, me and Nick were kind of discussing this past week here when there was controversy about um, him retiring. I'm like, dude, watch him come back and just play another season just because he's pissed off at all these guys time he's going to quit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just watch him do that. And that's just the player he is. I mean, he's a very competitive player. He he always wants to win. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like, well, else he has to prove? He's done everything. He's proven himself. But, man, I think the biggest thing I take away from Brady is just that, that mentality he has. He's competitive. He takes the smallest little thing that you'll do, and he uses that uses it as his motivation. I would say that, and probably my favorite moment uh, for Brady, like how Nick was talking about well, the Seattle game, excuse me, I got to say going to Tampa Bay and winning one. His whole career has been around, well, you can't win without Bill. Like, you're nothing well. Like, people are always like, it's kind of like, you know, that situation where you break up with your ex-girlfriend. Then you go, when you have a new girl, they're like, well, she's not as good as your ex-girlfriend. She did all these things for you. But it's like, she's richer, she has more money, and she's better looking. So, like, Brady, that's one thing I really love about Brady because the image that sticks with me when he was in New England, he was like this businessman. When he got to Tampa, like we saw him throw the trophy at the the boat parade. That that is one of my favorite videos ever. By That's the way. probably his greatest throw of all time, right there. Was that throw the trophy? Yeah, he, I mean, we saw Brady get drunk on live TV, yeah. dude. Bill was not allowing that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we saw no, the personality. Even the Buccaneers were doing that Gronk and uh, Brady show where yeah. they were just chilling in the practice field and like just talking about life. Like you never saw that personality. You know, you never saw him be funny. He always had to be serious because that's a New England way. Yeah. And, Nick, I'm actually so happy you said because a lot of guys that he recruited, like Chad Ochocinco, a lot of people forget he was in New England. He said he couldn't get with it because you have to do it shaved face, everything business-like, like the New York Yankees. Like Brady got to be himself. And the fact that he won without Bill, he killed every narrative because Bill oh. still hasn't had really success without him. He has a below 500 record and hasn't won a playoff game since the 90s without Brady. So, Brady, I mean, to kill every narrative and win 7 out of 10 in Tampa, like – he really, really enjoyed. Even in his retirement um, speech that he posted on Instagram, he didn't even thank the. I mean, he did later thank the Patriots Nation after they tweeted at him. But he was mainly just talking about the Bucks. But you know, with back to that Bucks thing, that was I think that was a true Brady right there. That that's the Brady that we didn't get to see. How you guys were saying, and it's just like, I I want to see his Brady more. You know, I'm like I know it's only for two years, but I want to see a little bit more of that. 
But I guess, I mean, how you guys say your what what memories you guys have most of Brady. I mean, yeah, the Bucks one was a big one because, you know, he was probably proved himself to Bill Belichick. And he had the Seattle one that Nick spoke about. But I think for me, I think the one really solidified himself and really pushed himself, like, beyond all the other QBs was that comeback game against the Falcons. I mean, 100%. He, I mean, beyond the game, I mean, I'll be willing to say I'm a Brady fan, but it looked horrible. It looked bad. I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, it's like, okay, this this is another, yeah. you know, it's, it's not an iffy one here. But in the second half, it's all of a sudden he's like, okay, you got the momentum back. And it's just like, you know what? I can, It's when he realized, you know, I know who the hell I am, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to go out and win this game. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, that was where I was like, that was one of the greatest moments I think I've seen in football, was watching that. And I went from just, I mean, I was we were jaw job. I mean, I've never, you're never going to see that kind of comeback again in the NFL. I mean, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You, I mean, I could be wrong, but something like that and just how the momentum shifted so quick and how well he performed that second half, it's just like, that's just that's just GOAT material right there. Oh, yeah, because, like, Brady, I mean, the stuff he would say, he, he's, like, the most confident person. In 2019, when they played the Chiefs, his last ring in New England, a lot of people had them losing in Arrowhead. They were like, there's no way Brady's going to win this road game. And apparently, like, when, before the team practice started, Brady walked in the facility with his headphones in and said, you know, I'm the baddest, you know, I can't say it on the show, but, like, in the world. And they're all like, what tip is Brady? I'm like, okay. He just, like, walked in and didn't address nobody and just said that. Like, they said he was literally talking to himself. I'm like, this is psycho Tom, and he's not losing. You know, that's one thing you got to respect about Brady and Nick. I'm happy you alluded to. Even though, like, me and Austin were always fans of him, I'm happy you were like, you know, you got to respect it because it's like this dude is willing to do any uh, to do anything to win. He literally moved Antonio Brown into his house, and he got a Super Bowl <laughs> right? out of it. So I got to respect it. No, one thing, too, I love, like, talking about, like, the bad mother blank, yeah. this and that is, like, just, like, hearing, like, his Instagram videos after a win. And I remember, what was it? Him and Gronk, bad boys for life. Oh, yeah. You know, because they are. Those are ba- two bad mofos. Yeah. And another thing, too, is, like, I-, I always loved him. He would always use one time a year, he'd always use Many Men by 50 Cent, which is, you know, a song basically talking about, like, yeah, many men want to be where I'm at. And people have came. I've been shot nine times and all this. You know? Yeah. It's just stuff like that. Seeing Brady come out like that, and you do have to respect you know, Brady, you can't hold anything against him. And plus, too, like, it really – he's just a great guy overall. There's oh, never yeah. there's never been, you know, a, like, I don't think a big, like, um, issue in courts or anything like that. Like, you can say deflate gate, but really, like, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't disown his legacy. And then, like, even this past year with the one kid, when the one kid held up the sign, like – you know, Tom Brady helped me beat cancer. That tells you how much bigger impact he is. Oh, yeah, sorry. And then, <clears throat> then, you know, giving the kid tickets, doing all this. And in the middle, at the very end of the game, walking over and signing that, giving that kid a glove, signed hat, all that stuff. It just shows that Brady has that, like, just personality. Like, he actually cares, you know. Because some athletes, you know, are out here, you know, like, oh, you know, blah, 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 this, that. But you go on I you go on Brady's IG live story today. It's just a constant, you know, one hour of like thanking everybody, like anybody that posted anything about him. Be like, he even had little messengers, like you know, with Stephen Ridley. He said, "Man, I love playing with you, Stephen Ridley. One of the hardest runner." You know, he would go into detail. So he's just that type of guy, you oh, know. Yeah. And one story that comes to mind is when James Harrison went to the, the uh, yeah went to the <laughs> went to the. Uh, uh, Patriots. Patriots at the very end there. And, you know, James Harrison, Steeler guy, you know, Bengal guy, all that, right? And he hated Tom Brady. 
And you know, Tom he never he says this. First time meeting Tom Brady, Tom Brady goes up and introduces him. And James Anderson like caught off guard, like because he didn't, you know, he wanted to hate Brady. He was meant to hate Brady. And he was very confused, like, why is Tom Brady coming up and telling me I'm Tom Brady? You know, like, <laughs> exactly. I, I know who you are. I know who you are. And just tells like how you know, how like he's just super nice. You know, it just shows that. And that's one thing that will definitely help Brady's legacy. I'm very excited to see what he does after football because, you know, seeing his personality in Tampa, could he be on the Monday night gig? Because they I did. So. They have I, offered. I can, they, they've offered big money. They've offered $25 million to Peyton to be on the Monday night gig. He turned that down. Now he's doing his thing with the uh, Peyton Manning Eli yeah. show. You know, they offered Drew Brees the money. I don't know if Brady would be down to do that. I feel like he'll probably have his own show like Peyton Manning does, but yeah. I would love to see more Tom Brady. I would. I could definitely see it because Brady, like, in Tampa Bay, we got to see really his personality. A lot of people always compared him to, like, Michael Jordan, even though Michael Jordan obviously was a basketball player. Jordan had the personality of more like an owner, like more reserved and stuff as he left the Charlotte Hornets game the other night against the Lakers. <laughs> I think they messed up his parlay or something. Yeah, but, probably, uh, probably did, probably did. Probably. Yeah, but, um, like, Brady's like, no, I'm outgoing. Like, you even saw him at Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame speech. So I can see him doing a Monday night thing. Or I can see him doing – I think LeBron James has a show called The Shop on um, HBO. Yeah. Yep. I can see Brady kind of getting a gang of athletes to do that because – Everybody like gave him shouts. Even Eli Manning today saying, "You know, we appreciate you and thank you for even being nice enough to give me two Super Bowls." Uh, <laughs> you know, so I was like, "That was cool to see Eli." But Brady, the one thing about him, he's not only a goat, but everybody respects him. Like he even told um, Lamar Jackson, "You're next," and Lamar was like, "Whoa!" Like I didn't even play half the <laughs> right? shit because of COVID. You know, like it's yeah. just it's just crazy to me. It's crazy how big of an impact one human being could have on a sport. Oh my gosh! You yeah. know, like it's just I don't know. It's like hard to put in perspective. You know, the Kobe's of the world, the MJ's of the world, you know, the Tom Brady's. Of the world. It's so crazy to think like, wow, just yeah, wow. Right. When, you're, when you're watching him, you know, and it's just like we're never going to see that in our lifetime again. Yeah. You know, nobody in the NFL right now, I'll say it right now, nobody's going to touch with Tom Brady. Okay. Not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen, not, not even Joe Burrow. Burrow will touch Burrow. that. That it's simple as that, you know, and it's just crazy to me. It's in. Going back to you know saying it's gonna be weird seeing no NFL snap with Tom Brady, no, yeah. no twelve out there running around throwing the rock around, all this <clears> stuff. <throat> so it's gonna be very weird feeling. I feel like at the start, just like how it was with Kobe. Um, yeah. But I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I mean that, that that's definitely. I mean I'm really happy for him. I'm, I think he's have a great retirement. And I know he's got a few businesses as he, he co-owns yes. there, especially with TB12. So I think he's got pretty good retirement plans there afterwards. Oh, he made good money too. Let's be but real here. I, I mean, yeah. I, he doesn't have to do anything, <laughs> right? I know, he, right. He's set for life. Let's be real. He's Tom Brady. I know, right? But I mean, I think on Nick Nick's point too a bit when he was talking about. I mean, with the whole spy gay to flag gay, we can all go back and forth. But I'm like, each every time he's proven those doubters wrong. Every other season, he, like, I, you think about it. That season, the fall season, proves it wrong. Like, all right, watch me go do it again here. Watch yeah. me go do it again. And, I mean, back to Travis's point with the box. That's exact. I mean, we all know. That's literally what he did it for, I think, was to prove <laughs> yeah. Bill Pelcher. Like, hey, oh, 100%. I'm the guy. Let me show you two seasons of why. And just crazy thing about that. He goes to two seasons for the box, gets a Super Bowl, and the first ever home Super Bowl. And then now this season, he's in the running for a regular season MVP. It's like yeah, – he- He's crazy. Like everything you just said is true because a lot of people don't know this background story. Bill Belichick thought Brady would retire after they made the comeback against the Falcons, and Bill Belichick, for some odd reason, well, at the time was the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan. He was like, "I'm gonna give Jimmy G the reins. Brady probably doesn't want to play no more. That's five. 
yada, yada, yada. Brady's like, no, I can still do this. And a lot of people think like, oh, you're the reason why we lost against the Eagles because uh, you didn't play Malcolm Butler and, you know, Nick Foles. Ironically, the only game – I don't even know if he's in, even in the NFL anymore. Scores 41 <laughs> points on a quote-unquote the greatest defensive mind uh, defense. So, Brady was like, no, we can still do this. And he went to three more Super Bowls and won two. So, yeah, I got to agree with both you guys. Like, the fact he was 43 dominating, I don't see nobody doing that I, like you, ever. You know, they always say go out on top. They all go on top, but guess what? Tom Brady, they go on top. Sadly, he didn't go on top with another Super Bowl to make it eight. Um, but that last game, he almost mounted his own comeback again. He had a little comeback going. And then, you know, uh, Cooper Cup just burned the secondary, which I don't know how you allow somebody behind you in that scenario, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the case. That was a couple weeks ago. But you know what? I'm happy to say it. Tom Brady – First ballot Hall of Famer, no question. No. He'll be anonymous, everything. You know, um, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what he does. That's really what it is. Because, you know, like, we know Tom Brady. Like, oh, football this, football that. Yeah. But now we get to see him in, like, a business aspect. You know, is he going to kind of have that, like, Kobe Bryant type thing where he has, like, the mamacitas in that <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he had that basketball team going and stuff like that? I'm very intrigued to see <clears throat> what happens with Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can all say around here that he is the un- Unbonafide here, goat. I think yeah. we all can agree. I've, the whole world can agree. I think it's a crazy part about it too. I just want to add this a little bit before we change subjects here. But that was my mind. Like when uh, the whole world recognizes you as you're that guy, <laughs> you're the greatest of all time. Like, yeah, it's just mind blowing, dude. That is just insane. So I mean, Holy Tom Brady's a great retirement. I know he will. We'll see what he does in the future. But now we're gonna shift gears into the NBA. So we're going to go down to the Easter Conference here. We have the Bulls leading the way, fall behind the 76ers, the Miami Heat, the Cavaliers, the Bucks, the Nets, the Hornets, the Raptors, the Celtics, and then finish it off is the Atlanta Hawks. So I'm going to go to you, Travis. What do you think is going to go down here at the NBA? I think it's an interesting run right now, right before the um, All-Star break. Um, I'm really interested in the Nets situation. I wonder if they're going to make Kyrie a full-time player. I know he's still not vaccinated, but I feel like – that's only gonna. That's gonna be the only thing to keep James Harden there. James Harden apparently doesn't like living in Brooklyn. He's being a little bit of a diva to me. It's like I know it's not Houston, but you decided to go there. You got fat and wanted to get traded on purpose. You did that to yourself. <laughs> so oh, like, geez. you know, whatever. Stop eating cheeseburgers. But <clears throat> to go back to the point, I think they're gonna make a run. But the team, I think that's the team to beat is still Giannis, the defending Finals MVP, defending champion. It's like a six-way run for that first spot because as you name down the standings, Austin, there's only about a two-and-a-half game spread from six through uh, the first spot. So I think the Bucks are going to make the run in that conference to East. I, I believe Giannis um, and them are going to be back in the finals. Honestly, I still – I'm a big believer in the Bulls. I think they're still going to make a strong push. You know, I agree with Travis where it is going to come down to Milwaukee. Um, I just – I can't see Brooklyn just – too many, too many heads, too many attitudes on that team. From Kyrie being out of this world, flat-headed, mm-hmm. yeah. flat world, all this <laughs> stuff. James Harden eating too many, uh, too many steak and cheese <laughs> and stuff like that. Just Durant, you know, I don't know if he's like just not wanting to play, so he's just kind of having this lingering knee issue in that. I just can't see them making a. I can, I can't see them making a deep run because they're gonna have attitude and stuff like that. Yeah. And plus two, I just, I can, I feel like. The Bucks would just run, run them out of the court. Simple as that. The Bulls, depending on if, how everything works out, I can see them making a deep run. The 76ers, I could see them falling off. They'll make the playoffs, but I feel like they'll fall back to like the seventh or eighth seed, sure. just because like Travis was staying too. From six to one, there's only 
are three game back from Brooklyn to the Bulls. There's three games back. So I feel like, you know, if one of these teams, you know, the Bulls, 76ers, Heat, Cavs, Bucks, or Nets get cold, they could fall into the play-in tournament and maybe even out of the playoffs, depending on what happens and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree with there. Can I just put this out there right now? This, I don't know if like a bold kind of saying take here, but bold can I just say the Brooklyn Nets are really overrated? Can I just say the Nets are pretty <laughs> overrated? I'm just <laughs> saying right what now. What makes you say that? That's blasphemous. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, they, I mean, they lost their last five games here, guys. I mean, they. for me, how I look at it, I mean, they've shown – I mean, they trust me, they've shown the potential. Like, hey, this is the championship team here. This is the teams that come out the East. And then there's other times I'm just like, what's going on here? Well um, – you know what? Tonight they they are in the West Coast. They are playing Sacramento tonight. Um, that's a huge game. They need to win that game. Yeah. Um, you know the they did lose to the Suns, uh, stuff like that. They've lost, but you got to look at the last uh, five games. Obviously, Timberwolves they should have won. They lost to the Lakers. They lost to the Nuggets. Obviously, Nuggets are pretty good. The Warriors are phenomenal this year. They lost to them, and they lost to the Suns. The only thing I'm noticing is some of these games are not close. Like the Suns game lost by 10. The Warriors, they lost by uh, four. Um, stuff like that. They're just staying in there. Uh, it's a key win tonight. They need to get yeah. back on the winning side tonight in Sacramento, which I believe they do. Um, but, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And also, I mean, they're a little bit overrated, but you get, I think it's more of the personalities that's, like, keeping them distant from winning, like – the fact Kyrie's a part-time player, it's like I've never heard of like a part-time <laughs> NBA player. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Kevin Durant's hurt, and James Harden just is – I mean, he's just very indecisive. I don't know if it's a Kardashian curse or whatever <laughs> with him, but I think it's a little bit of that. So I could say it's overrated in the aspect of too many personalities in one. Talent-wise, they, they've proven they can all win together when they're on oh, the no court doubt. at the same time. Oh, 100%. Even though it's very rare when they're all at the same time. So that's why I got to lean towards the Bucks because – all the points you guys just made. And plus the Suns lost uh, to talk about the Western Conference. The Suns are 41-9 and nine now. Ooh. Devin Booker has been hooping. Chris Paul has one of the best assists to turnover ratios we've ever seen in NBA history. So to be 36 <clears throat> hooping like that is crazy. Yeah, and I was going down here to the Western Conference here. We'll switch gears into them. We got the Suns at number one, fall behind the Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz, Mavericks, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Clippers, the Lakers, and last but not least, the Trailblazers. Wow. I mean, I still got the Warriors coming out the West. A lot of people are like, you know, uh, Steph Curry's shooting slump looks like tour dates because like uh, his numbers. But <laughs> oh, I, I think they're going to get over. I think when Draymond comes back, Draymond's been a little bit hurt. When is Draymond, Clay, and um, Steph and Andrew Wiggins? They were forced to be reckless. I'm excited to see the Warriors when Clay gets some games under his feet because he's obviously still back. You know, it's still fresh. You know, I'm excited to see how he is kind of deep. You know, I want to see, you know, what type of shape he's in, all that stuff. Yeah. But you know another bold statement here is this: is the West Con- is the Western Conference better than the Eastern Conference, hands down, or is that just me looking at these teams that I feel like that some of these teams, some even like the Dallas Mavericks, the Jazz, the four and five seed, and Denver Nuggets, the six seed, would run some of these top teams in oh, the yeah. East, you For know, sure. and it's like it's so different looking at the conferences because th- from six to one, the Nuggets are uh, the six seed right now. There's a thirteen game back gap between them and the Suns. And it's just so crazy to me looking at the uh East, how it's only a three game when even the Nuggets are having a really good season at twenty and twenty two right now. Like it's just crazy to me. Um I'm excited for the play in tournament though. It's shaping up to be really good in the Western with Minnesota, uh the Clippers, the Lakers and Trailblazers. You know, that's that's what I'm 
uh, that's what I'm intrigued by. That's going to be something I'm going to look at just because, you know, looking at LeBron and him, you know, what does this mean if he doesn't make the uh, – what does it mean if he doesn't make the playoffs, you know, if he loses in the play-in and doesn't make the playoffs in that? That's what I just don't get. I can't see him missing the playoffs, but I also see him losing in the play-in games against, you know, the Clippers. Yeah, I got to agree with that because especially if Kawhi and PG come back – that's going to make the Clippers a lot more competitive. And just test me how great the Western Conference is, even with Kawhi and Paul George. I'm out right now. But LeBron, with the team he has, he better make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I'm I, I'm a Laker fan. I mean, I, 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 at least I, I can say I was a Laker fan here. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out of the game here. I don't see them. I'm, I mean, LeBron, I, I, I've been a LeBron fan for years here. But I have to say now, he's, he's at the point now where I don't think he – can't carry a mediocre team to the playoffs anymore or to win with them. Needless to say. And I think I think out of the Western here, I'm I think for me, I agree with you guys, I'm looking at the Warriors here. I think that's I think that's for me, I think it's a team to beat. Especially with you what with you saying with Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins, I mean they they're playing they're playing out of this world right now. Especially Curry, which I said last week on the on this week's podcast, I think he's gonna win the season MVP. But I think going into a little bit here, I kind of agree with you, Nick, on how you said the, the, the difference between the Western and Eastern Conference. I mean, I think in Eastern, there's maybe like two, three teams that we really can say, hey, they're going to get to the championship. Right. With a Western, you got about four, you got five, six teams that you can make a strong case. Like, hey, they can pull it out of here. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I, I think, in my personal opinion, I think it's going to be the Warriors and Bucks, but – it, it could be a, a lot of teams. The Suns have a lot to prove after choking a 2-0 lead last year, but it's going to be interesting. I'm very excited for the NBA postseason. Very excited. I'm excited to see how the trade deadline works and everything after that. That's what I'm very excited to do. And, you know, going to Austin's point, I could the sleeper team out of the West, I could see really making a run deep. Dallas and the Nuggets. They could make a strong Ooh. run, I feel like, if they get hot and they get the right pieces, even if they just keep the team the same. Because, you know, Memphis is really just jaw, to be honest yeah. with you. And they'll probably fall off because, you know, jaw just can't keep up what he's been doing. Maybe I'm, maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he won't. You know, shout out Jerry Jackson, all those guys, <laughs> all the Michigan State boys on that team. <laughs> um, you know, maybe they'll just keep winning. But they'll definitely make the playoffs. Utah Jazz, uh, they'll – They'll fade out. They always yeah, fade out. They never, can, they never can keep going. It seems like that's just the Utah thing. Ever since uh, Andrea Kirilenko and all them um, back in the day, they just can't keep up. And just I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see how this works out. Um, going off finals predictions, maybe a little bit right here. Just going off Travis, yeah. I could see. Uh, I could see Golden State versus. I'd say the Bulls or Bucks. That's okay. If the Bulls made it, Lavar for the W, getting Lonzo there. <laughs> Even though Lonzo's like fourth best on the team, but still, uh, hey, his boy's still his boy's still in the finals. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think we can all. I might agree, you guys, for the Western there. I think we all can agree on that. I think the Warriors are kind of our pick here to yeah. make it out of the West. Yeah. I mean, nothing against the Suns. They're a great team. They're playing really well, but it's just the Warriors are just a different animal. And I think they're going to really start putting it, especially once their team's fully healthy here and back and ready oh, to yeah, go. Definitely. I think you're really going to start seeing it, especially mm-hmm. with their with their playoff experience and all that. It's They're going to make a heck of a, run, heck of a run in the playoffs. And don't get me wrong, it's a great thing to see, you know, Memphis up there. It's me with basketball, NBA basketball, it's nice seeing new things. Because mm-hmm. for, like, what, eight years straight, it was LeBron Curry. LeBron yeah. Curry, LeBron yeah. Curry. You know, like, you know. 
it's just nice seeing John them being up there. It's nice seeing the Suns actually doing good. You know, Devin Booker being from Granville. Shout out Granville. Oh, yeah. You know, hey. just all all that stuff. You know, it's just nice seeing these new teams. It's not, it's nice seeing the Bulls up there, the Heat up there again, the Cavs. What a what a shocker this season. Yeah, Darius right? Garland. Evan they Mobley. they have shocked everybody. They were supposed to be with the Pistons down here with twelve wins. Nah, they got they got thirty one of them. You know, and they're probably gonna make the playoffs, which is a great sign. Yeah. But if the Laker thing doesn't work out, does LeBron return to Cleveland at the very end of his career to return to retire a Cavalier? That's the thing. I can see it, especially with Cleveland being actually competitive. The only my only question is, do the young guys want LeBron? A lot of uh, Darius Garland made a point saying we're trying to get out of his shadow, we're trying to create our own name. So because if LeBron goes there, he has all the control that, again. That's true. Because looking at the Lakers, when LeBron went there, he traded away all their young pieces. Brandon Ingram was killing it in New Orleans. Lonzo Ball is killing it, you know, in Chicago. They had to get rid of Julius Randle. They had to get rid of all these young pieces just to bring AD in. I just don't get that. Like, I get the win now and stuff like that. But you got to remember your future. Because, you know, LeBron was older when he went to the Lakers. And, you know, AD is still young. Don't get me wrong. AD is young. But at the same time, though, are you destroying your future for a championship? Or, you know, stuff like that. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I kind of agree on that point. I, I don't know. I I can see him probably stick around the Lakers still. So I think yeah. he's going to probably unstay. Well, with, with all everything going on in L.A., with, yeah. him, with him being a producer now, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. There's, there's, that's, why, that's one reason why I went to L.A., you know, producing stuff. He was in Space Jam. Don't ever say that's a good movie. That was terrible. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Not. Not that, was, that was terrible. <laughs> but, you know, just like seeing him do all that stuff. He, he had that one game show he was a producer of and being producing stuff and stuff like that. He wants to expand out at a basketball, which I respect. You know, good for LeBron, stuff like that. But I just can't see him leaving L.A. Yeah, neither could I. I mean, I mean, how he is over there, he's kind of a better GM than Michael Jordan is right now. I'm just going to put that out there. Hey, with, chill, with the amount chill, of guys he's bringing and he's let go. I mean, he's been – He's been. I mean, he's been a really I mean, pretty good GM over there. First of all, awesome. I think that's a blast. <laughs> Two, I think he's been an awful GM because he brought in Russell Westbrook. But um, I don't know why. Like, I like Russell, but he has played with literally the monsters his entire career, from Carmelo, Kevin Durant, Victor Oladipo, Paul George, you know, LeBron James, like all these guys. And you get an older Dwight. The thing, LeBron is an amazing player. I'm not going to take that away. I think he's the second greatest ever. When he his team loses, they go, oh, my God, look at LeBron's playing with. And when they win, right. they go, hey, I told you, he makes yeah. Austin Reeves better. I'm like, bro, no, nobody, like, nobody outside of L.A. even knew who Austin Reeves was. They probably thought he was a college student or something. Hey, he's a very good guy. So, nah, shout out Austin Reeves. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I just thought, uh, yeah, literally. But um, Jordan is not a great GM of a team. It, LeBron, I can see him doing that after his career, probably buying a team because LeBron has made a lot of smart investments oh, with a lot of money. Oh, that's 100%. He, he's worth a billion with a Nike deal. Yeah, he has he, that, he has oh, that, so that lo- long-time life Nike deal. He's no. gonna, That's worth over a billion. That He isn't – you know, we'll see. And now we can transition to um, a little bit of NHL standings. I know, uh, Austin, I think you – Got it up. One thing I'll <laughs> add about it before you get into it, I really hope the Red Wings can get back in it. Obviously, we had the longest streak of postseason bursts. Maybe uh, we'll sneak in. So I'm going to go right down the line here. We're just going to get the top teams here from each little division. So with the Metropolitan, we got the Hurricanes. In the, Atlanta, in the Atlantic, we got the Panthers. In the Central, we got the Avalanche. We got in the Pacific, we got the Golden Knights. And, Nick, what do we feel about what's going to happen here with these standings here? You know what? Talking to Travis with the Red Wings, they are they will not win their division. But wild card-wise, they are uh, third out. So in hockey, they do take two wild cards. The only problem, though, is 
Boston and Washington Capitals are in front of them with 55 points for Boston and 59 points for Washington. And Detroit's sitting at a light 46. Depending on how the uh, after the All-Star break, obviously some teams get better and some teams get worse. I could see the Red Wings making a little run here. You know, if they make a little run and win a couple games, they're only nine points out, you know, yeah. and that's huge. And you know yeah. what? Shout out Stevie I. Shout out bringing back <laughs> Hockey Town. Right? Shout out all this stuff. Shout out the young core, honestly. You know, uh, Larkin's been killing it since I've been moving to Cap. Oh, my Lord, yeah. You know, and I'm excited for Red Wing Hockey in the future. <clears throat> do I do I hope it's this year? Yes. But do I see it? I can see it, but I cannot see it at the same time. But I'll be still happy that we're right outside the wild card just because of the last couple years. Us being laughing stocks, us not winning even 20 games, you know, stuff like that. I'm very happy. Um Right now, though, a hot team. The Capitals are a hot team right now. You know, Pittsburgh's a hot team. One of the hottest teams, though, did lose last night, and that was the <laughs> Kyle Lauer Avalanche. Oh, my God. Austin, how'd you feel about that loss <laughs> they lost? Uh, you know, that hurt my soul. That hurt my body. I'm aching still from it right now. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay. But yeah, that was a tough one. And that was a shocker, too. I mean, it's don't get me wrong. The Minnesota Wild—they're a good team. They're I mean, they're, they're definitely a tw- very good team. But sitting at twenty-seven wins, ten losses, and three loss overtime with fifty-seven points on the year. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked by it. I was shocked by it. But I mean, I still, it's still a long season here. We're just—we're about to approach here the trade deadline for the NHL. So we'll see how maybe make some big moves. But I still feel the, I still feel like the Avalanche are gonna bounce back, and I still feel like they're still the favorite to win it this year. They are favorite. I would say they are the favorites to win. I would say definitely a hundred percent. I'm more intrigued though. Uh, just. Seeing how you know how they respond to everything, you know how do they respond after you know the kind of heartbreaking loss they had in um, last night. They are still favored to win the cup on uh, DraftKings Sports at plus four seventy five, and then you have Toronto being Ooh. second favorite at plus seven hundred, and sharing that with Tampa Bay and Florida. Tampa Bay is really strong. Florida is really strong. It's going to be interesting to see how the cup thing works out because. You know, different than you know basketball. You see a lot of cup winners come out of the wild card. You know, because yeah, it depends right. on who gets a hot goaltender at the time, who doesn't. You know, L.A. when they won all their cups, they were never they were wild card. They just snuck into the playoffs. I'm gonna be intrigued to see how everything works out. And to be honest, Toronto will probably choke again, like they have choked the last mm-hmm. so many years oh, since they've won a I- cup. Sad to say, but they are just uh, the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit <laughs> Lions of hockey, and they just can't Toronto. win. You know, they have good teams, but they just can't win. You know, they kind of remind me of the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL. Jesus. They get to the playoffs, and then all of a sudden it's just like they just choke it away. They do. I, and I don't know if it's Austin Matthews or anything, <laughs> his fault or anything, or even the old Detroit uh, coach. They ran him out of town after them making the playoffs and not winning. So I'm very yeah. intrigued by them. Um, but, I mean, I do like Mitch Marner there, though. I do like him. I mean, they got. Good they, they do got they do got a really young team there, and I really like that how they how they really uh brought that team together. But I think of your point two of the wings. I mean, yeah, they are looking good. I mean, heck, they're twenty and twenty right now. Still, I mean, they're playing tonight as we speak, which we'll yeah. give an update for that game next week on our podcast there. But I mean, I like what they've done so far. They got a great young core coming up here. I love how they brought in my man Lindstrom there, bringing him back and work with the wings there. I like it. The boys are back in town. I would say, <laughs> I would right. Say. I think we're going to start getting hockey time pretty soon around here, boys. And oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited for the even playoff hockey in oh. Detroit again. That's that's one thing for sure. I am uh, I'm very happy with the young core Detroit has put together. One thing about Toronto, how you were saying, Austin, how they have a young core. We've been saying that for the last couple of years. Austin Matthews ain't getting younger. 
All these guys are getting younger. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a must win, I feel like, now. And this is the best time to win um, just because how they are. And I just can't see them doing anything in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably lose. They'll win a couple playoff games. to probably bounce down the first round. That's how I see it working. Pino has a really good young core, and I just love watching. I know we talked a little earlier it was a little bit here about the Avalanche, man. Watching McCannon and Ranet, oh, my Lord, dude. They, they got some. They got, some they, they got great pieces. Everything's working out for them. Um, that's that's huge, you know. Just just them, them, them. That's, I mean, you can't like. I really can't think of a team that can beat them unless like the Avalanche just somehow just <laughs> can't score in the yeah. playoffs for some odd reason, or they, their goaltender just goes to crap. I just can't see it. I don't know. Um, it's gonna be definitely interesting to see how this uh, works out at the trade deadline. Who gets hot? Who gets not? Is Detroit gonna sneak into the playoffs? Or are they not? Right. Exactly. And, and the Avalanche do have a big game tonight against the Capitals. So we are going to see if they can bounce back from that loss against the Wild here. I, I love this, uh, the back and forth uh, between you guys, like, talking about it. I think um, the Red Wings, obviously I'm a homer, you know, biased. But I, I just hope we can do it. And the Avalanche have obviously been very good. Capitals have had a history of um, success, obviously, when, you know, Alex Ovechkin and everything he's done. But – I just think um, it's going to be interesting uh, moving forward. Those are the standings up for the NHL. Now shift a little bit to college basketball, mainly you know just one game. Michigan and Michigan State played each other last week at the Breslin Center. Michigan State came out victorious. I believe it was 83-67. to Michigan State, number 10 in the country. Michigan really hasn't been uh, too good. You know, um, They've lost a state now in football and in uh, basketball. Austin, I know you're a Michigan guy, but I'm a state guy, so I was happy about that. Izzo's done a great job. And collecting on when you guys' thoughts on that game. I thought it was a great performance. I'm going to be a little biased towards Michigan State because Marcus Binghams is from my high school, so I'm going to be biased here on that. Um, how about them being – Michigan State shocking everybody, you know, becoming unranked in the season. Now they're ranked 13th in the nation. Yeah. And you know Izzo, you know, he can always make a strong one in the uh, March Madness and that. But you know what's always been haunting Izzo? He can never beat. He can never win those big games. He always loses to Duke. True. He always loses to these, you know, better coaches. I don't know if you would argue better coaches, but, you know, he just loses that. So I don't know how that affects him when it comes to March Madness. Uh, yeah. I think they're going to make a deep run just because the team's stacked. They have great shooting. They have great rebounding, stuff like that. You know, Marcus Binghams is, like, top five in blocks in the yeah. Big Ten right now, so he's been a huge defensive anchor for them right now. Um, they do have a big game coming up. I would love to see what they do against Rutgers and uh, Wisconsin. That's ranked 11th in the nation. That's going to be huge for them. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that, that Michigan State game, Michigan hurt me, dude. They hurt my soul again. Gee, they feel like football over again, how they did it. <laughs> but, I mean, look who made it to the you know, playoffs there. So, but <laughs> Then what happened to Jordan? But, no, I'm playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What happened again? You know, we're, I'm just playing. We're just going to forget about it, you know. But, I mean, I get I get the Spartans credit. They played a heck of a game, dude. I mean, they came to play. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, as much as I'm a Michigan <laughs> fan, I was, I was surprised. And it caught me off guard. I mean, State's been playing good this season. Michigan's kind of been iffy. They've been up and down this past season here. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, that was an impressive, a very impressive win, and it, it hurt my heart watching that game. Austin, you're a real one for Lisa Mitting. A lot of Michigan fans wouldn't. But I like both, though. Um, yeah, I like both, too. I, I, what happened to Michigan on basketball? 
What but happened? They were really good last they were. year, and Jawan's been like building a good program. I don't, I don't know what's I, happened I, this I don't, year. I don't really know. Like, I get, you know, I just can't tell you off the top of my head what really happened because you know Jawan Howard's a phenomenal coach. Yeah, he really has like kind of stepped them up ever since their one coach left for the NBA, and he didn't. Oh, even, John Beeline. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't even last a see a full season. So yeah, then Cleveland wrote him a check was and was like, "Disappear." Bye. But, you know, and that's when I was like, oh, this might be a downfall for Michigan basketball. Then Jawan Howard comes in and just has a killer first season, you know, and I'm very intrigued. I hope, I hope, you know, as a rivalry stake in the state of Michigan, I hope they can kind of come back and play, you know, good at down the stretch and kind of get some momentum, maybe yeah. kind of sneak in the tournament and also, you know, build some momentum for next year, you know, so we can finally have those Michigan, Michigan versus Michigan State great, great <clears throat> games again. I just want to go. I know we're kind of basketball here, but I do want to go back to it. I was kind of catching out. It was Edmonton versus Capitals tonight, and we'll give you a report next week. And speaking of Edmonton, I I know like we've kind of right off topic here. I know I'm sorry, but like for me, I'm a hockey guy here, so you guys can you know at least deal with me for a little bit. But I mean, they made that uh, pickup of Evander Kane, and I really like that pickup from the Oilers. I mean, I think they it gives him another score, and I mean he showed that in his game debut of getting a goal there that, that night, and. I just think it was a great pickup for them. No, honestly, Edmonton's going to make a strong run. Compared to uh, Toronto, they still have a young they have a young core, and they have Connor McDavid. I'm very interested to see what they can do in the playoffs just because, you know, they don't have the history like it. Um, they really haven't been good since Gretzky was there, which has been a long time ago. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, like I said earlier, I am very excited for the NHL playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it's good. There's a lot of good teams that could win. A lot of good teams. Yeah, you both make good points on offense. Okay, I know you're a hockey guy. You gotta, you know, get your uh, <laughs> you know, spill in. You do but, have to get um, in the college basketball, that was in the main game we wanted to cover. Now we're going to uh, talk about the must-watch games, which is our last topic of uh, today's show. The must-watch game for me, we're all going to um, give our much-watch games. For me, it's going to be the Nets versus the Jazz Friday night NBA. I think that's going to be a really, really good one. I'm excited to see Kyrie play. His game is just beautiful. Um, I just wish he would get, you know, vaccinated so he can play like all home games or like they figure out a way for him to play every game. I, I think that's what's messing up the chemistry there a little bit, but I think Kyrie's been phenomenal. I'm excited to see what they do in Salt Lake City. I think it's an opportunity to win a big game on the road against a Jazz team who has had success with Donovan Mitchell, who's kind of flown under the radar this year. And obviously they lost Joe Ingles to a torn ACL, but I'm excited to see that game. And then speaking of me, I'm going to go college basketball route on Saturday at 4 o'clock on ESPN. You get the Baylor Bears going to Kansas Kansas to face the Jayhawks. And, you know, looking at the last five games of each, they're 4-1 and one each, and looking at the Big 12 standings, Kansas is 7-1 and one, while Baylor is 7-2. and two. Okay. And that's huge. And if Baylor can go on the road in Kansas, which we know is very difficult to play in, and shock Kansas and beat them, that'll be huge for the Big 12. Plus, they're 8-10 eight and, eight and ten in the nation. And another thing, too, is I'm very intrigued by both these teams. You know, uh, both are high-scoring teams. You know, uh, Baylor going 78 points average a game, and then uh, Kansas eight point eighty points a game. I'm very intrigued how that, you know, they're very similar. All the stats match up. It's going to be a very close game. Right now, uh, I would say uh, Kansas is probably favored just because at home. But I could see that game going the other way to Baylor in that game. Uh, I like both your picks here. I think I'm going to stay back to my hockey here, boys, again. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think my game of the week is going to be tomorrow night, Ashley, where we got the Colorado Avalanche taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Two really young cores going at each other. 
and really try to solidify solidify themselves a good playoff spot and a good position in the ranking in the standings. I mean, you look at the. I mean, Colorado has been playing amazing this year with first place in, in goals per game, as well as differential. Dif, oh my God, difference as well. As well with the uh, power plays as well. I mean, that's another thing too. I really want to get into is how well they've been playing the power plays and how much they take advantage of those opportunities. And I'm wondering, I'm curious to see how well can Tampa. Um, can Tampa kill them off? And they are they are twelfth in the rankings, and you know killing uh, penalty kills. So I'm really interested to see that kind of matchup. But I think that's gonna be my big game of the week for uh, sports. Okay, I like I like both your picks a lot. And um, first show under the books, fellas. How did it feel? You guys uh felt pretty good about this show. I feel pretty good. Uh, you can catch us on Wednesday nights on Spotify. And that is knockout underscore FSU on Spotify. And, yeah, I'm pretty feeling well. I'm excited to see how this plays out. Um, yeah. Austin, how are we feeling? I'm feeling great. I mean, I really, I think we have a lot in store for this show here. We've got a lot of, you know, ideas we all want to put in. And I think we have – I think we're going to be very – I think it's going to be a very, very interesting run here we got here, boys. Definitely. And I'm excited about it. And I, want, I do want to thank again the – MVSP podcast from last week for you know introducing us and let, letting us on our, their podcast and really you know show us who we are and really give us a, a platform to really uh, solidify you know what we want to do and what we're all about. Yes, and then yeah. you can follow us on Instagram as well as knockout underscore FSU and that's knockout underscore FSU on Instagram and that's where we be posting daily just reminders saying that when our up when our when our episodes are uploaded on Wednesday nights and that and maybe exactly. we'll uh, maybe we'll do some trivia nights and that and some people can win some prizes in that we don't know uh, we have some big ideas in the back of our minds working out some things so I'm very excited to see um, where it leads to Oh, yeah. I think it was a great show today. I love everything you both just said. We got a lot of good stuff, even possibly a TikTok. So please check us out every uh, Wednesday evenings. The shows will be um, downloaded uh, to Spotify on Wednesday nights. And we'll also next time have Dre. And that will be uh, today's show. Thank you so much for listening.